now for a special episode of the Pop Zara podcast. Uh, on behalf of all of us at CTA Consumer Technology Association, the owner and producer of CES, I want to welcome you to CES 2023. You made it. Hello, hello, and welcome back. It's the Pop Zara podcast. That's right, it's Pop Zara. It's a podcast. It's the Pop Zara podcast. It's great for SEO and great at parties. We are back once again to talk about tech in the new year of 2023. And for that, we have a show. It's called Consumer Electronics Show, CES of 2023. And I don't know what else to say. We have our tech people on hand to do this. For that, we have Mr. Herman Exxon. Herman, welcome back. Hello, hello. And our special guest, always special, always great, none other than Mr. Ben Crossman from Computer America. Ben, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Actually, can I say can I say the the newly nuptialed Ben Crossman? Congratulations. That's true. For anyone wondering why Computer America wasn't on the floor at CES this year, uh, I was on the floor getting married elsewhere. So uh, I apologize to everyone out there. I get I get to join you nice folks to uh, to cover CES, and of course we'll you know we'll count this as the Computer America one as well. So yeah. hi everyone. Yeah. We're merging our resources together to save money, time, and and calling it economical instead of cheap. Well, we oh, are in a recession. Love. I like <laughs> no, it. recession. I've I've heard otherwise, and I believe the otherwise. No, but um, <laughs> no. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, CES 2023. Uh, let's just say this. I we were all chatting right before we started recording. CES has been one of those shows that we're glad it's still around, but it's had a little rocky tenure the last couple of years because of things that have happened in the world. But I think uh, Herman, you more than anybody else would know that. It happened again. You were there, and I think you're glad you went. Most yeah, part. this this year was more of a it was more of a correction year uh, for CES. Last year was sort of the rebuild, but this year is definitely the correction. I'd have to say that the crowds were definitely smaller, and the emphasis on the show wasn't necessarily about you know physical consumer technology, the stuff we usually talk about. Um, there are a lot of buzzwords going around. Things like sustainability, diversity, climate equity—you know the sort of buzzwords. All that, the E's, all the E's. All, yeah, this year was a little bit different. I mean, I still saw some of the, a lot of the same stuff, but it was greatly diminished compared to uh, previous years pre-COVID. Quick question, Ben. So I know, Ben, with you with Computer America, it's interesting because you guys run a pretty, a pretty well-regulated, pretty constant show. It's hard to get away sometimes, but you've covered it virtually before. What did you think, what were your first thoughts? Because we'll get to Herman because he was actually on the floor. But as a as a spectator this year, what did you think of the show that and what was shown? You know, and to kind of piggyback on the idea of keywords, just seeing all the well-choreographed keynotes and, you know, CES, I think from the pandemic will always now be, this this natural progression to half and you know half in person and half digital the problem though is that with the digital you get a very filtered scripted planned video presentation for you mm-hmm. and you know the part that makes CES fun is going there and finding the companies and finding the products and you know talking to the people about them and you can get a bit of that online but Man, what bubbled to the top was, um, you know, just kind of what CES wanted you to see and not so much, you know, everyone who really attended. So, you know, how it went for me as a spectator, not in person, I felt it was very, um, 
very planned, very scripted, and, and honestly, a little boring. I, you know, uh, we were talking about the urine analysis device yeah. earlier. Um, you know, little little fun stuff like that did kind of slip through the cracks, but I miss a lot of the fun parts of CES that I'm sure Herman had in person. So I'm a little jealous. But this year was, uh, and and what I was saying about the keywords real quick was a lot less keywords, less 5G, less 8K, less, uh, you know, there's still some AI, but it's not, you know, plaster on everything out there. This year was, you know, just everything planned, everything scripted. We knew what we got and, you know, it was kind of boring for me. Yeah. Uh, By the way, real quick, uh, that that device that we've uh, kind of lovingly mocked a little bit, that would be the Withings U-Scan. That will detect, it. measure, and analyze your biomarkers from multiple sources. You'd get buy one today. Jeez. <laughs> Isn't that subscription-based? You know what? It wouldn't surprise me. Can you imagine, like, indexing that on your taxes? Like, trying <laughs> to, like, I wonder, I wonder if I could uh, deduct your analysis. At home, so it's weird. I mean, pretty soon you're, in, you're the house of the, in 20 years will basically be your doctor's office anyway. Yeah, we're That's, we're definitely in a different place compared to a few years ago. There was a lot of things uh, related to you know software and sort of sort of health and lifestyle things uh, that was really pushed to the forefront this year. You could see a little bit of that uh, in the with the 2022 with last year's show. But now they're just, it seems that they're really going for it, including things like uh, smart mobility and the such, which which we can talk about later. It's it seemed it seemed to be the biggest headliner compared to everything else from what I've observed. Speaking of headliners, uh, Herman, I mean, we talked about this before the show. And Ben, you and I have not talked since last month since I was on your show. So this is going to be um, out of the blue aggregate of all the coverage that went out. It looks like the three basic things that really stole the show, so to speak were monitors, TVs, and cars. Would you say that's accurate from what you saw on the floor? More or less so, yes. We normally don't talk about cars and EVs, but one of the biggest draws, in my opinion, for, for CES 2023 was the debut of uh, Sony and Honda Motors' uh, EV brand uh, named Afila. Afila. So that that actually took up so much attention, at least, at least if you're a Sony fan, that it dominated their booth like completely like we even talked about sony not even introducing any new tvs for this ces which you know that's that's unusual even for sony yeah and i just want to throw out there that you know i i understand that ces like every other organization out there is going to have to follow the money and there's a lot of money in cars and car technology uh and see i'm not saying ces is the wrong place to showcase cars but what I've kind of come to expect from CES are monitors, TVs, game, you know, consoles, game systems, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, phones, tablets, laptops, what have you, even VR. But what, if you took cars out of the conversation, I feel like with this CES, just from what I was watching, you kind of take away, you know, 30, 40 percent of the show. Like it, it, there was a bigger emphasis on cars this year. And yeah. uh, I don't hate it, but it was noticeable. I can I can understand where you're coming from, Ben, but at the same time, uh, I think we're entering a I think we're entering a, a consumer realm where cars aren't necessarily tools of transportation anymore. They're more like appliances. With with a lot of these current EVs, from Tesla to Mercedes EQ brand to BMW's uh, i brand, uh, yeah, you can kind of see you can kind of see where 
the EV is less of a less of a car and more of a, you know, just appliance where not only is it driving you from point A to point B, but it's also, you know, you can check you can check your social media. You can probably do your taxes on these damn things, you know. I or have heard and, and, and let's jump in real quick, just saying that I have heard that uh, companies are trying to position the car as the third living space. The first is your home. The second is your office. And the third they're hoping is going to be your car. So you need, you know, while the car is driving you places, you need movies to watch. You need games to play. You need music to listen to. You need, uh, you know, productivity tools in your car. So, yeah, yeah I, and it seems like we're fast approaching that that situation. Yeah, you're you're actually right on the mark with that with that observation because yeah, um, the way things are going, <laughs> it seems like uh, manufacturers and even even uh, our government doesn't even want us driving cars anymore. So they're really trying to push that angle. I, I have to agree with well, you there, Ben. You think um, you know the, the the pull for self-driving cars eventually? Do you think we're going to get to the point where, like you said, Ben, like the car, the automobile, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it'll be called a car anymore. It'll be, some, it'll be something else. But it'll be basically, like you said, a place to play or sleep yeah, and, or, or, and, or do your work. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you already, you saw it the first time Tesla came out, lane keep, speed, you know, kind of speed assist and lane assist, all that kind of thing. As soon as people stop touching the wheel, man, they stop paying attention to the road. And, I, and I've seen some of you drive. Uh, I don't know if you did in the first place, but, you know, now there is going to be that need because not everyone just wants to stare out the window. They want to watch their favorite shows, listen to their music, talk to their friends. They want to do other things. So, you know, hey, it's uh, it's big business. And I know that a lot of people out there are probably subscription exhausted out. But, yeah, you know, the car subscriptions coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's already here, isn't it? On those. Yeah, there's a subscription seat warmers and. Yeah, that's specifically for uh, BMWs. Uh, Non-North American models, they're piloting that program where you they want you to pay per month for features that <laughs> features like heated seats and things like that. Toyota right. tried it. They they tried to introduce something like that for for our market, North America, but the backlash was so bad that they actually had to back off of that. Toyota did. Uh, in the meantime, they're probably going to reintroduce it when. The idea of subscribing to the things you already paid for becomes norm. Well, I have a question. Um, I don't, Ben. You live in you live in a part of. Uh, would you consider yourself East Coast or Midwest? You know, I'm uh, definitely East Coast. Uh, definitely not New York or Miami, yeah. where a lot of the action happens. But yeah, East Coast for sure. And, and Herman, I know where you live. It's just that you know a lot of us live in communities that are car centric and vehicle centric, where we don't our public transportation is very limited. But if you go to Los Angeles, you go to San Francisco, Chicago, New York, uh, they're dominated by public transportation, especially subways. And I'm wondering, you know, in the subway, you see people all the time. They're they're doing their work. They're cooking. They're doing all kinds of weird stuff on those subways. You don't want to know. But that's kind of what's happened. Like, we're not used to that if you if you don't live near there. And that's that's coming, though, for the car experience. I mean, minus, you know, the graffiti and the looting. Although if you get robbed in your car, then you probably deserve it. But it's. <laughs> You know what? That's way to it go with happen. it. Well, didn't that happen in Minority Report? Like they were like literally people are getting carjacked in their self-driving cars because they were so oblivious to what was happening. That, but, I haven't um, seen that movie in a long time, so I really can't say. Sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, 
Eight. We're getting to the point where uh, <laughs> legislation. There's some legislation for 2026, I believe, where there's going to be active monitors on on your cars to well, that will check on the driver and see if they're actually you know obeying. It's, ha- it's going to happen. I mean, every, I mean, we're we're right at that threshold. I think where we're talking about like uh, like the alcoholic sensors for people, like uh, you know the auto <laughs> enablers for people who have like. DUIs. No, they're going to install those urine sensors in the cars. Yeah, that's exactly. that's how you're going to test everything. Well, it's just it's going to be it's going to be different. Like we're going to be going into a very different sphere that's going to be as different from the way we drive today as horses and I buggies mean, were like 100 years ago. It, you you can see the natural progression because uh, was it uh, this year we found out that 2026 was the supposed release date. Uh, Sony is releasing a car, right? It's either 2025 or 2026. So so, so it goes to show that, you know, tech companies are becoming car companies and car companies are becoming tech companies. That's, you know, I want Sony's car to be called the the PlayStation, like the station as a play on like Volkswagen. I just I just want them to give up on like creative naming and just call it. Did you say you wanted the PlayStation wagon? Yeah, the PlayStation wagon. That's what I I like. Or the play wagon or something. (laughs) You know, because, you know, all these products like with all due respect to Sony. okay? Sony had an interesting show with, you know, PlayStation VR and we'll get into Leonardo in a second. But all these companies like Samsung has the worst. They call their products bespoke. And that just turns me off. Like every time I hear someone say bespoke unironically, I want to run. But, you know, Sony comes up PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. They don't care. It's a number. But, you know, I, I don't need like elegant or I don't need some fancy spelling. Just give me a car called Sony car. Just call it Sony car. You lack imagination. Yeah, I do. I'm boring. <laughs> I, you, like like you make like Sony makes products and they make Gran Turismo like make it work. Just make it boring. Make it work. But um, no, but going back though, the only thing that caught my eye, Herman, I get I glaze over with cars because I'm not a car hound like you. But. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was up there talking at BMW, Colin Genegar. Man, he's 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 doing his thing. He needed a check, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> because this is the same Arnold who actually pestered AM General, you know, the manufacturers of the original Hummer vehicles, to <laughs> to make a per, to make a uh, like a what do you call it? Like a personal version, like a one for civilians. So we we've gone to gone to that butch. Uh, all-terrain, rough and tough, uh, <laughs> to now just eco-friendly, soft, uh, chameleon-color-changing car. It's he's a, he's it's, a it's quite a transformation. It's he's, it's a different it's a transformation. I'll I'm I'll give you that. It just I don't know. Like I said, I just think it's funny. There's a possibility you could have bumped heads with him at the show. It's I don't know what you'd say. Well, yeah, the, the thing with the car uh, angle is. Uh, I like burning dinosaur fuel. I love it. Like, give give me a give me a can of gasoline and I'll and I'll set fire to it just so I can burn it. <laughs> but EVs, I understand. I they're, EVs aren't my favorite. I'm I'm coming around. I think my next car will be a hybrid. So I'm baby steps for me. But yeah, I get it. You know, it is what well, it is. I, I, and I'm curious that, you know, obviously cars are going to strike that note, but as I understand it, a lot of companies, almost all companies had that note of sustainability, recycling the end of life cycle for a product. Um, you know, when it came to sustainability, how, how obvious was it for you? Like, 
I think we've moved past the point of pandering and they might actually be taking sustainability seriously at, at some level, right? Like at least a lot of these companies are. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, to an extent, because uh, Nathan, you're telling me a joke about uh, <laughs> sustainability. I can't remember what it was, but I thought it, it was, was hilarious. It was, it was exactly. I don't know what the joke was, but it was definitely yeah. hilarious. These companies That's how I want you to remember it. Yeah, these well, the companies that talk about sustainability still keep building products that still have a limited life cycle. They they may talk about well, extending the, I'll, I'll the effective this. life cycle, but I'll, I'll say this: I, I I don't know the joke that was obviously awesome and hilarious, but if I remember it, I'll tell you. Yeah. But um, but Ben, I don't know if you saw that story, but there was a story that came out unrelated to CES that is exactly what Herman's talking about. The singer Billie Eilish was interviewed, and mm-hmm. she talks about how she has climate change anxiety. She says, "Oh, I worry about it, and I make sure my fans know about it." But basically, I'm. But I'm not going to stop making products, and I'm not going to stop doing this. It's not like, going to stop uh, taking trips in my private jet. Yeah, like I'm not. That. I'm not going to stop selling my merchandise that pollutes the oceans. So, and um, that's pretty much where we're at, I think. Yeah, like Ben, if you were to ask me, I, I would say that companies are more aware, but in terms of actual execution, that remains to be seen. I'm. I'm a cynic. I I, I'm a cynic when it comes to uh, proclamations like sustainability, recycling, and saving the earth and all that stuff. Because ultimately, for these companies, it's about selling products. It's about getting the next new thing out every, almost every year. So, Well, there's a there's more awareness of it, like you said. Like, it, you remember when uh, fast food places didn't post the calories of their, of their food, and they thought if we post the calories, people will eat less? Yeah. I, ben, I know we talked about this briefly, like, on the show. But like you, you update Windows now, and there's messages about sustainability. Like let's let's mm-hmm. update during the off hours because of this and that. But then they bring out like the companies on one hand will say we want to be more economical, we want to use less resources. But here's this two thousand dollar video card that just pumps the, the wattage. It's like, yeah. It's like but don't use it. Like here, spend two thousand dollars on this video card that like expends more fuel in your car and use it but don't use it and to add and to add further insult to injury those same video cards i won't name names but it's one company who came out with a two thousand dollar video card back in october they start with the name the company name starts with an n i'll just leave it at that but yeah their their specific video card their flagship it actually it actually ran so hot and took up so much power that it actually you know, it actually melted the connectors. Yeah, but don't use it though. Don't use it during yeah. shame. Shame, shame on AMD for doing that. That was awful. <laughs> AMD. <laughs> well, but, but you know, but you're right, Herman. Though. I mean, like um, my favorite category of CES, as always, is always the same. I love the appliances, right? I love the appliances and the crazy stuff that comes out. Like, how do we improve this? And it never does. It never improves anything, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so we talked about cars a little bit, but let's let's segue a little bit to something fun. And we'll get back to appliances because we'll be there forever. But let's get the let's get the three things out of the way, the big stuff, and okay. um, get your opinion on this, Ben. So let's talk about TVs, um, specifically displays, because they they literally were a lion's share of the coverage. Uh, Herman, what do you think about the displays on display? It's a mix, honestly. On one hand, you have continuation of products uh i think i think samsung and sony were were a prime example of this sony sony revealed nothing they had nothing new to show while uh samsung 
they did have new stuff, but when I was roaming the booth, a lot of it wasn't there. It was actually for private press screenings. So even if you knew about the new TVs from Samsung, and majority of them, they weren't actually on the floor, which was a bit odd. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole purpose of why you're going. But the stuff that uh, Samsung did have, it was specifically centered around their their monitors, specifically the, the Odyssey lineup. So they they actually had those models on the on the floor for for regular uh, attendees. The uh, the buzzword for monitors and displays was OLED. Like yeah, all over the place. Like OLED is the big thing. It was either OLED or mini LED. Um, I but OLED was definitely the the number one keyword if we're talking about monitors specifically. What's the uh, what's the giant TV that got everyone's goose? Like cooking, like what was that? It was like 97 inches. What was that? Uh, well, to be more specific, did it come from Samsung or LG or whatever? Goodness, I don't know. Uh, they kept because, talking about because it, it was so it was so damn big. Because yeah, yeah both had um, both had them. LG, 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 LG. Okay. Uh, yeah, if we're talking about LG, there were there were three or four specific specific models. They are basically the g3 the c3 and the z3 those were those are the ones that are going to be readily available to consumers expensive but readily available so the big deal aside from screen size with the lgs was uh they improved the brightness on their oled uh on their oled displays they called it uh i think neo neo oled brightness or something like that uh I was talking to I was talking to one of the representatives and uh, they laid it out like this: the C3, the most accessible one in terms of uh, performance, price, and features, like that whole that sweet spot, that's going to be between 25 to 30 percent brighter compared to the last year's model, the C2. The G3, which is going, which LG anticipates as their flagship bread and butter is going to be up to 40% brighter compared to last Not year's bad. model. And the Z3, uh, which is their another flagship, but it's 8K, it's going Ooh. to be 30% brighter. So yeah, uh, in terms of LG models, TVs, that seem, the brightness seems to be the biggest emphasis. Real quick, and, um, segue. Uh, Herman, we talked about this after you got back from the show. Yeah. You uh, had a chance to see the new Avatar movie, and we uh, we spoke about the future of like we spoke briefly about 8K, 6K, all the Ks. Yeah. But uh, we also when you saw Avatar, we talked about a little bit about the high refresh rate or the high frame rate, mm-hmm. and um, you know whether or not Avatar has any spillover effect on TVs remains to be seen. I mean, it happened before, it might happen again, but I don't know. But when you have um, companies talking about 8K and 6K, I didn't really hear about that. I don't know, Ben, if you saw something or if you saw information I didn't. But it seems to me that when you watch Avatar in the theater, and Ben, I don't, have you seen it? Have you seen it? In a, I, I have not, no. Okay, you are the one person who hasn't seen it yet. So, <laughs> so I don't feel too bad. It's but, exactly what, you, what you'd expect from an Avatar movie. But um, – well, well, what I expect from Avatar, and I think it ties into Nathan's point, is I expect a really cool tech experience, like really yeah. high tech, immersive experience. And and specifically, like uh, people talk positively about the forty eight. Uh, is it forty eight frames? 
High yeah, 48 frames. They just yeah. call it high refresh rate if uh, if you just want to use that terminology. But you watch it and you definitely see the, the clarity difference. Like it's obvious. It's like whether you like that clarity or not is up for debate, but it's cleaner. It's almost like watching a video game, like, you know, 30 frames versus 60. Um, but it's still 4K. And so when you have um, when you have these new displays that are touting 8K, it doesn't doesn't really matter how many Ks it is if the refresh rate's not going to allow that clarity to shine through. And so uh, what did you see, Herman, regard? I know we talked about OLED. We talked about this. Did you see any interest in 8K at the show? Like any real interest? It wasn't really emphasized. Uh, I think at this point, um, enthusiast consumers know that it exists at this point. But for everyone else below below that financial tier, uh, 4K is still it's still more than enough for them. They're going to be happy. The eight the 8K stuff, and I hate to use this word since you love it so much, Nate. Uh, bespoke. Uh, it's bespoke. The Z3. I just, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> the LG Z3 is bespoke. It's going to be over five thousand dollars at least. Um. But there are a lot of parallels related to uh, Avatar. Uh, one is economic. We're sort of like <laughs> the country's sort of uh, in in a low right now. Uh, 3D is back for Avatar and wireless TVs. This is a segue for me. Yeah. Um, LG dis- debuted a wireless OLED TV. So I think it's called the I think they're going to call it the M3. But it was there. Well, what and about yeah. the other one? What about the other one? I, I I don't know if you saw this one, Ben, but it's called the Displace TV. Did you see that, Herman? Yes, it's. Um, I think it's going to be ran off a you know crowdfunding campaign, but it's. They say I talked to the I talked to the representatives there, and it's coming at the end of the year. So that is also a, a wireless OLED display, but it's it's done. It's done totally wireless. Way. Yeah, like, it's no totally wireless. wireless in the sense that you don't need. Yeah, maybe batteries. other than maybe is, other than the box. Yeah, it, it, is that the one where where the rep kind of took it off the glass sheet yeah. and you, you know kind of held it and showed it for everyone and then put it back? Like suction vacuums yeah. to like yeah. The, so hmm. what you have is you can you can actually pair uh, the displace uh, OLEDs together. You can have one, two, or a four screen setup. If you do the four screen setup, you're gonna get 8K or whatever. I think they and, said it was 20 pounds. It's 55 inch, but it's 20 pounds per unit. But uh, each each unit requires a battery. Yeah. And there's like four. I think it's four hot swappable batteries. So that's correct. And like, they're saying it it will last. The batteries will last up to a month uh, for a six hour viewing period per day. Very very incredulous on the yeah. battery performance. I was gonna say that's uh. That's like suggested use when you buy a device. Like it'll get you 14. No, it won't. It'll yeah. get like five. But, but yeah, that that's one type of uh, wireless OLED they have. I'm more interested in the uh, in the signature M, that M3 from LG, because like the parallels between then, between now and 12 years ago, it's like we're it's like we're repeating the same thing. Uh, a wire, wireless TVs aren't really anything new. In fact, back in 2009, Panasonic debuted um, the Z1 Plasma. I don't know if uh, anyone remembers that, but it was a wireless TV, a plasma TV, granted, but a wireless TV nonetheless, where the setup was mostly the same. You had the, 
you had the wireless transmitter box that had all the ports and stuff on it, and it communicated wirelessly to the display to to show to the TV. I always thought that was a good compromise, like just having like you know the 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 you know the um the port box being separate and let the yeah. TV because you know otherwise it's you're gonna have a really ungainly mess dangling from your wall. It's basically looks- the same idea of it's basically what I would want from a TV because you know I review mainly projectors and mm-hmm. the reason I like projectors is because of that. Uh, is because of that uh, configurability where, in terms of where you can place it. Yeah. You're not, you're not beholden to one specific spot. And that and the LG M3 um, is trying to do that again. They're trying to bring, bring wireless uh, TVs back. I'm not sure how effective it is because they didn't have a price, but it's they say it's going to be very expensive, probably above the $10,000 range. Well, that's worth it. I'm going to throw my TV out right now and just get this one. Yeah, but... See, TV seemed to be in this spot where, you know, uh, I, I think it was LG with the rollable TV last year and the year before. Yeah. You have wireless TVs now. You have 8K that's, you know, not really catching on like you guys like you guys are saying. Uh, TVs, I mean, like, it's pretty obvious. Everyone just wants a bright, good picture, high refresh rate TV. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the marketing side of it, they're looking for the next big thing in television. And, yeah. you know, we haven't really struck gold yet. I think the compromise to that, Ben, was what I was getting at before. Uh, Herman, we talked about this last year when it's starting to roll out, is mm-hmm. the 120 hertz TVs specifically that were designed to take uh, advantage of new like consoles like the PlayStation. If only yeah. it was 500, we might get somewhere. 500. But, you know, you see that <laughs> in the monitors, too. Like, everything's going to 240. Everything's going to, what was it, 500 hertz in one of these things? It's ridiculous. I think so, yeah. Yeah, from Alienware. It's like, no, it's, that's too much. That your eyes can't see that it's too much, but um, no, like I said, the uh, let's I'll tell you what TVs, 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 a yeah. lot of big stuff. Um, I will say this, Ben, I I, agree, I completely agree with what you said. The best part of these shows is seeing the wacky vaporware that is never going to come out, but you're going to see like bits of it that will come out, you know? Right. Yeah, because not everyone's going to bite on the sixty thousand dollar rollable TV, but uh, <laughs> hey, we saw it in action. Well, you know, you, you watch things like Back to the Future, too, and you see, like, you know, blinds TVs that just roll up, and you're like, why don't we have that now? <laughs> then you see it, like, on at CES, and you're like, we're so close. Where's my, where's my, where's my hydro pizza microwave? Mm-hmm. But uh, but let's, let's segue from TVs to the next logical thing, Herman. Let's talk about laptops and tablets, because those made a big hay, too, quite a bit. In fact, I would say that one of the top things from CES was that new... Uh, multi-screen laptop. You know what I'm talking about? From uh, the one from Lenovo. From yeah, Lenovo had a really good show. Can we yeah, say that? Yeah, um, really good show. The one that the laptop you're talking about, that's uh, the dual screen, is called the Lenovo 9i. Dual OLED screens, by the way. Can we say that? Is that yeah. crazy? So, what do you think? Did you you saw that? You saw a bunch of well, you you saw the Lenovo lineup, so we could talk about that. But I uh, I saw I saw the line I saw the main ones that you wanted in mm-hmm. person, but uh, in terms of hands-on use, which was admittedly brief, uh, mm-hmm. I focused most of my attention on the – it's called the Lenovo Twist or something the like twist. that. Yeah. Let me um, – yeah. let me get the exact name. The, the ThinkBook the think 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 Plus Twist is what it's called. I saw ads for it. They're taking pre-orders now, though. The um, website said it's going to be limited. Ben – 
when I was sometime on Computer America, I don't know when it was sometime last year, I was telling you about my fascination with e-ink and how right. there's been like this renaissance for e-readers. Um, I don't know where this came from. I don't I don't have any facts to back this up. But you saw Barnes and Noble get back into the e-ink game. You, st- you see Amazon being more competitive. You see, I think it's called Remarkable. They have their thing. Amazon's copying everything Kobo's doing with the, I think, what, what was the new Kindle one? The Scribe? Where everything, like, e-ink is back. Like, the single-use device is back. And I don't, It's I'm happy to see it. I think e-ink's going to be in cars, too. But um, I've always been interested in e-ink monitors for the home. And they're really pricey. They're really, really expensive. But Herman, uh, as soon as I saw this one, I asked you if you could check it out, and you did. And so, w- what's going on with the twist? This will be released probably in the summer, according to Lenovo. L- at least that's what one of the representatives told me. But I did use it, and for the most part, it does exactly what it says it does. It's basically a dual screen that's flippable. So there's one, the OLED screens on one side, the e-ink screens on on the other. Color e-ink, we should say. Color, yes. That that's the emphasis is color yeah. e-ink. And yeah, from from your from your thought from your side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I was so disappointed when I heard that. But <sighs> how else are they going to sell something like this without color e-ink? I will well, say that you know I I think I understand where they're coming from with the color e-ink thing. So, like, if you're low on battery power, it's supposed to give you a couple more hours of use when you switch over to the, the color e-ink mode. But, yeah, it's it's mainly oh, it's mainly a work-slash-reading-type laptop, yeah. uh, phablet, whatever you want to call it. But from what, from what I've seen, it's actually not that practical. I'm sure I'm sure it'll have its fans, but it's not that practical. You only get two USB four uh, inputs, so connectivity is fairly limited. But that's pretty standard though on laptops, yeah. though. Like laptops that, have horrible port availability now. That is, but if you're looking at it from a from like a work laptop uh, viewpoint, you kind of want as many regular size ports as possible, and that sort of just like the two well, USB fours kind of negate that appeal. Here's thing, but, here's the, but here's the thing, though. I think if you're gonna buy something crazy like a twisty laptop that has a color e ink, like I don't know what type of consumer you are. Like I, I don't know what the Probably case example is. Well, a student, like um, like for people like me who have poor eyes, I was really excited when I heard e ink. But when I heard color e ink, I got less excited because color e ink is really mediocre compared to actual black ink but uh speaking of crazy laptops and we'll, we can go back to lenovo before but what's the other one uh was it acer or asus that had the the 3d displays like yeah it was called the um it's called the asus art pro 16 basically it's an oled it's an oled laptop that has glasses free 3d it they're advertising it for uh, 3D modeling, uh, creative workstation purposes specifically. So it'll have it'll have the latest gear to make all that stuff work, but they're not positioning it as a gaming laptop. It's <laughs> it's mainly for creative professionals. Yeah, and, like, to be, and to be honest, it actually looked pretty good. It looked did impressive. You see it? Yeah, did you I saw see it. it. I I got to play with it for a few minutes. How was the 3D like compared to something like the 3DS? Uh, similar in terms of where your eyes need to focus. So you need to be 
at or near dead center. But the clarity and the color and the contrast was excellent, mainly because it's probably, you know, it's on an OLED display. But yeah, you have so a winning only... you have a winning combination there if you're if you're looking for glasses free 3D and you're actually going to use it for for its creative purpose. And it just the screen itself, just the quality is was fantastic. Could you um could you record a video message of yourself asking Obi-Wan for help? He's your only hope. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're at that no, point. They would have thrown him out on the spot. <laughs> we're not there, we're yeah. not there yet. I was playing with it, and um, one of the ASUS reps on the floor was uh, showing me uh, just just its capabilities. And yeah, I think at least at least from a WoW standpoint, it it does exactly what it's supposed to do with flying colors. I was shocked that it got no press. Like it, it just didn't get a lot of buzz, which was interesting to me, especially again given Avatar is successful. Because you remember ten, remember what was it? Oh goodness, thirteen years ago. And look, I don't want to talk about Avatar anymore, but they wouldn't shut up about that movie. You know yeah. that. And everything was three D, and everything was this and that. And I just didn't feel the, didn't feel that was any spillover. I don't know if that's because they they didn't expect it or not, but I'm a little disappointed that the the vaporware wasn't more vapory. Yeah, so, but yeah. with that R Pro, that R Pro uh, laptop, that that is seeing a release later this year, so it's it's gonna happen. But yeah, I think the reason why you didn't see too much buzz on it is because it wasn't related to gaming. It's always yeah. gaming that just that's disappointing. It's always the attract, yeah, it's always the attracting factor. Because there was it, a Alienware or uh, Razer had some gaming laptops that were just bigger, better, faster, and I think. What was the one Razer laptop they had that could switch between two different screens? Did you see that? Like, uh, I don't know if either of you saw that, but like you could switch between two different screen technologies. One like was 1080p at like 400 megahertz, I mean 400 hertz, and the other one was like uh, 1440p or 4K at one, but you, but it had the same technology on the same display. Did you see this? I did. I, I believe I did. Um, I, I did the booth tour and I th- yeah, I saw that laptop, but there's a it. I guess it's not really on the fly. You have to reset the laptop yeah. in order to do that. Yeah, which not- is kind of a disappointment. I mean, I I love Razer products. I think they're nice, shiny, and colorful. Have all the all the colors of the rainbow. But I get where they're coming from. I just thought it would be more on the fly, where you didn't have to reset the laptop every time to to get that to get those modes to change over. Yeah, but I mean, that, it could be the beginning of something anyway. Yeah. Um, but real quick, Ben, before we uh, we wrap up, were there any other laptop, tablet type gizmos, gadgets that caught your eye? Any of those kind of gadgets? No, not really. And and again, I was more looking at uh, you know the fun gadgets. There was like the, the baby stroller that could push itself. There I was saw the, that, which we could get the, into the ring drone that flies through your home. Stuff like that was you know was kind of what always excites me, but. When it comes to display, I mean, I think you guys nailed it. I only have one more comment. I didn't have – we didn't talk about this at all, but um, going back to the e-ink thing, I saw that uh, Lenovo is getting into the market. They have a smart paper tablet that's basically what everyone else is doing. Um, again, the whole stylus e-ink thing is happening, whether you like yeah. it or not, and they got one. Um, the other one is – no one talked about it. I don't know if you saw it, but they had um, an Android iPad Pro competitor, the Extreme. It oh, are you talking about the Razer lot. thing? 
No, it's uh, Lenovo. Uh, oh, okay. They have a new Android tablet that's supposed to be a like high-tech competitor to the iPad Pro, but it costs like way more. So I don't know the I don't know the market financials <laughs> for that. But I, w- I was thinking of uh, of Razer because they actually had a um, actually had an Android sort of smartphone size thing that wasn't a smartphone yeah. strictly for games. It was supposed to be I, it was supposed to compete with the uh, with the Steam Deck Pro. Allegedly. Yeah, I know. You're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that uh, and and I read one roundup about that, and the way that the the author wrote that article, saying there may be competition for the Switch and the Steam Deck, and I'm like, those mm-hmm. two. That's like saying there may be competition for the skateboard and the you know and the uh, the the F-18 fighter jet. Like yeah. you know, the, they're two different products. Why are they comparing that? I, I I don't know why they tried to position it between well, those two. It was because weird. because it's SEO stuff, but it's um but the Razer thing is cloud based, isn't it? Yeah, it's cloud based and it needs other plat and it needs other platforms to run. Okay. So, um, like whatever whatever Steam Deck is using, it's gonna it's supposed to run that uh, Epic Games and also uh, GE Force Now. If it's, so it's yeah. so it's not its own. It doesn't have its own sort of platform if if i'm interpreting well, Log- this correctly logitech has but it's supposed to build too. yeah it's supposed to use it's supposed to have apps that run those same things yeah well, sort Google of like Stadia. an all-in-one type deal i guess yeah but it, that means it requires a a ultra fast high you know elite wi-fi connection so it's yeah they it's were not they competing were, with steam deckers they were advertising <laughs> wi-fi 6e and i guess they want to come out with a 5g version but it's not for phone use. It's strictly for gaming. So there will be no, there will be no sort of like phone app or anything on there unless you mm. <coughs> want to hack it. <coughs> well, I'll just, I'll just. Here's my <laughs> opinion about this. I've, I told you, Herman. I, I, I was impressed with Amazon's cloud offerings a little more than the competition last year. Um, I thought they were making some. Luna was making some great strides. You know, Stadia is out of the business. Microsoft somewhere in the middle and GeForce and all this stuff. But at this point in time, I think Razer would be the first one to admit that cloud gaming is not synonymous with hardcore gaming in any way, shape or form. It is a niche upon a niche upon a niche upon a niche. Um, So if they're going to come out with a a, what I don't know what you call it, a console or a shell or whatever that costs more than the competition, but it has all those restrictions, then, yeah, let's. Yeah. Well, well, with Razer, niche seems to be something that they take pride in, niche gaming in particular. So if it comes out like if we have this, if I can look in the future and find out that Razer was like laundering money from like Russian oligarchs for these products, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I wouldn't be surprised. It's like nothing else can explain like how they how they have this expensive vaporware that never comes out. But it is fun to look at, even if it is, you know possibly criminal well i like razor products but let's admit i i think they can come out with these with these vaporware products because you know their their readily available products are relatively overpriced i mean relatively? you have to pay <laughs> i'm trying to be kind without getting without getting blacklisted <laughs> <laughs> but um so they they already cater to a premium clientele already so they probably have a little bit of excess uh r&d burn yeah um, Speaking of gaming stuff, I guess we can segue into that because I think we're we did that. 
Uh, did either of you guys see anything about Dell's Concept Nix or Nix or whatever, however it's pronounced, NYX? I thought that came out last year. I thought that was a concept for last year. Concept, but they showed more of it, like the controller that you can like bring your, again, bring your stuff anywhere you want. But I, I didn't know if it, again, it, it got a little pre-buzz before the show. You know, you know those, uh, Ben, you know those, um, the coverage that comes out like three days before CES when all the, yeah. the big outlets get all the, the goodies first? Um, they go, oh, this is best, show. but then the actual show happens and no one gives a crap. Like, I think that's yeah, what happened. They, they, they try to, like, they know that the product's going to uh, be totally swarm, you know, swamped by other things. So they try to leak it out ahead of time, be like, this is going to be at the show. But, yeah. you know, the show has bigger things to mind itself about. Yeah. So you are talking about the controller, right? The next or the, the platform for whatever it is. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we're getting into a new headspace, even like the um, the Razer thing, we, the Razer Edge we talked about, where we talk about platforms, but it's really become ubiquitous now. Like, uh, I don't, you know what I mean? Like a controller could be the platform at some point. You know, I like, what were the TVs that had the Xbox cloud gaming in it? Was it the Samsung TVs, Herman? Yeah, the Samsung TVs, uh, I think in particular, because they are a, I don't want to say lifetime, but they are a longstanding uh, partner with Microsoft and the Xbox brand. A lot so of people least... don't know that, but that's been ongoing ever since oh, yeah. the, uh, 360 came out, the Xbox yeah. 360. Remember, we used to go to Toys R Us, and you could actually see the displays, and you'd peel back the thing, and it would say Samsung displays. Yeah. Um, but they they would say things like, no console required. You need a controller. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the controller ain't cheap. But um, but that's how it's going to be. I think I, I've told you this before, Ben. I actually see a market for this cloud stuff, but in a very different context. Um, right. Not a competitor to the current thing. It's going to... I would say this cloud streaming stuff is going to be a competitor to traditional gaming the same way mobile gaming is a competitor to traditional gaming. It exists alongside of it, but not necessarily to displace it, mm. at least right now. I, I just don't see displacement happening anytime soon. I, I don't see it. But um, Well, and you know, to tie back into a topic way at the beginning of the show, I mean, we're going to be existing in this third space, the car where you're looking for mm-hmm. things to do and, you know, hey, be able to pull out your controller, play anything that you own anywhere you are. That's going to be pretty cool. Well, like Herman made a, made a mention, um, you saw the news right before CES where Teslas are getting Steam, you know, they're getting Steam gaming. That's right. But, um, yeah. but only when you stall. Well, you and I talked about that, I think, on the last episode too, Ben. Uh, but no, I mean, as far as gaming goes, I mean, we could, I could rush through a bunch of stuff, but they showed a bunch of weird cases. Uh, I do want to talk about two things before we move on to the final segment, which is VR, which is almost non-existent, which is interesting to me. Um, the things that I saw that stood out to me the most, and Herman, I'll get your opinions, uh, quickly, Sony showed PSVR 2, um, for what it's, it wasn't a debut, but you could use it. People, people did, had their thoughts on it. Um, HTC Vive XR Elite, which yeah. I thought was the more interesting of the two. Did you guys see that? I played around with that a little bit. What do you, Ben? Did you see? I know Ben, you're a little more um, bearish on VR than I am, but did you see the new Vive XR? I, I you know, and and I've I've always thought that the Vive was the best on the market. Mm-hmm. I did not see what differentiates between the Elite and or, you know the XR Elite and the regular stuff, other than the price point. I think it was like 1100 versus uh facebook's one which is like 1500 yeah it's from what i from my interpretation when i used it it was more about comfort they were were much smaller right the glasses it's much smaller which makes it much lighter 
makes it easier to live with, and I didn't get nauseous when I used it. There was one thing. It, <laughs> it really does. Here's another thing. Um, accessibility was a huge thing at the show. I think, you know, we say buzzword, but it's actually a real thing, right? Like, we, we're going to talk about accessibility. We talked about before. But um, the XTC, I don't know if I say it, the Vive XR Elite, whatever it's called, had something interesting. You don't need your glasses with it because it has, like, adjustments so you can actually mimic your glass prescription so you don't have that's to cool. use your glasses, which is interesting. That's that's interesting. Do you have to pay the guy to come to your house to be like, you know, two <laughs> or one, two or one? <laughs> one or two. Can I see one again? Okay. There was a mention of having to do that, but they, they did talk about that. Oh, it was just supposed to just just make access and use just even easier than, than previous gens. So it, it's definitely it, an evolution. Yeah, not a revolution. But um also the TCL Ray Neo X2 AR glasses, which wow. is a big long way of saying. Dorky. <laughs> but uh what do you think about that? Because TCL, I mean they people mocked them a lot, but they did look smaller. Um you know, I didn't get a chance to see that, to see TCL's thing. Uh, I wish I did. Oh, are, are are those the ones that look like giant hipster glasses? Yeah, like Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah, those uh, those looked very cumbersome. And uh, I, I don't know what the ultimate form factor for AR is going to be. Yeah. I don't think it's going to look like that, though. That's well, uh, Those are almost like those cartoon gag glasses. That, I will uh, say one thing. Ben, the very first time I was ever on Computer America as a guest, or one mm-hmm. of the first, one of the probably the first time, we talked about, it was before I was talking to you. I won't, I won't say who, but other people. Um, we talked about Google Glasses. And and one of the one of the people on the show was an enthusiast of Google Glasses. And I, I was not. I remember. And I basically said, these things will never catch on as long as they look stupid. And that remains. I'm sure he did not take that well. Well, history has proven me right. So that's all that matters. Uh, but I will say this. I don't know why people in tech can't make these things look less stupid. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, partner with a fashion company, partner with somebody, just when they look like – You know, expect, I think when they Snap look like that, did that. I, I, and I really do think Snap did that. And But then the premium that they charged because they were quote-unquote stylish, it uh, turned a lot of people off. You know – they keep telling me Apple's going to come out with AR. They keep saying it. like it's like Apple Car, Apple AR, Apple AR. I don't know if it's true, but I don't. I'm kind of curious to see how Apple does it. Not because I think Apple's going to you know crack the egg, but I just want to see if Apple can't do it, then maybe no one can do it. Because I I like AR more than VR. I think it's more practical. Um, the only thing I can say is that maybe the future is not glasses. Maybe it's contact lens. Like you know, I mentioned Minority Report a few minutes ago. Uh, have you guys both seen Minority Report? It's been a while. I'm you, proud to say I have never seen that movie. It is. You're it proud is, to say. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is more predictive of future tech than any movie I've ever seen, ever. And there's a scene when Tom. Spoiler. Spoiler. If you haven't seen the movie, cover your ears. But there's a scene when he has to get new eyeballs. Remember that, Herman? He has to. He has to get new eyeballs. So he buys black market eyeballs that are from some Japanese guy. Yeah. And and everything in the future is retina dis, retina scanning. He's walking down the mall and every store is scanning eyes. Going, hey, Mr. Matsuda. Hey, Mr. Matsuda. How welcome back? We have your thing. So maybe the future is retina scanning for AR as opposed to, um, yeah. Ugh, I don't know, brother. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> so because then somebody could steal your eyes. 
You know, the more the more people talk and glorify all this connectivity, like smart connection, all this, the more I despise it. And I'm Speaking the tech that, guy. That, well, that, it's a weird position to be in where they where people think you should love it based on based on what you based on your whatever you cover. But no, I don't I don't like that type of future. I know it, the, I know um, parts that are coming, but that's just too intrusive. That's, that's what's the standard? Much. What's the standard they show? They, it was a big buzzword at the show this year about all the uh, the new um, protocol for all this crap. What was it called? Matter? Is it matter? I think Did you hear about so. This, ben? I don't. It, it's not ringing a bell. I'm not saying I haven't heard of it. Just I think it's called Matter. <laughs> it's um, it's like a new protocol that's supposed to. Oh be, yeah, it's like why Matter mattered at this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah why matter, about that. matter didn't really matter. Matter <laughs> mattered mattered less than me- matter mattered less than Meta, and Meta didn't matter at all. So there's your there's your say that five times fast. Oh goodness. Uh, oh. All these all these technocrats talking about like celebrating the the elimination of uh, personal privacy and owning nothing and you'll be happy uh i'm not i'm not on board with that i'm really well, not the, the, it's it, it's kind of what we say on on computer america often it's like uh security and uh security i'm sorry security is the antithesis to ease of use and really just the more of yourself you put out there the more information you put out the more access you give companies the less secure you are but boy does everything just kind of become easier it all knits well, together very very seamlessly I, I was going to ask a question when we talked about the car stuff, but it's pertinent now. Um, you know, when you have the when you have these smart cars and everything like this, um, what was I going to say? Oh, goodness. You know, I don't know what the future is going to be, but I think it's going to be subscription based. And I think that's really the point of anything is that uh, do you, what was that? What's that thing you can get on your insurance? It's not all insurance would cover it, but like if you allow your. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Usage about. to be tracked, you get a discount. Yeah, but, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what it's, you're talking about. Um, and people like it. I don't, I hate to use this word, but I think that's actually a bit of a scam. You think? Because yeah, well, at this point we. I'm shocked. Probably just assume it is. Because yeah, your premiums can actually go up based on like it. It can actually you know GPS track what the speed limit is based on the based on the street and if and if you go over yeah well, then record that and well then tra- charge you more per um, stuff we've never talked about this but like you most most electric, most electric um uh what is it uh providers you know provide your utilities they allow you to go online you could check your usage right you could check your usage by the day right. by the hour sometimes but in california they use it against you like if you use too much, you'll be subjected to a different grouping. I, I forget what it's called, but they have different levels, like in, in certain places like that. And it's only, I just want to, here's a warning to anybody listening. You have all these electronic thermostats set up. You have all these electronic doors and everything. At some point, they will turn, They will be used against you. So just remember that, you know, it's like, just from, it's like, and uh, Siri and Google, like, hey, Google was in your house, like, and everything would be activated by a noise. Like, they're listening. Yeah. I will say that, and 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 even bigger point, and not to derail this whole show yeah. into conspiracy hour, but Woo, uh, the number one hours. assistance to um to law enforcement has been Ancestry.com and 23andMe. Absolutely. Uh, you know, te- technology brings a lot of good and a lot of bad, and what may seem like just harmless fun, you know, learning your genealogy, 
hey, that opens a whole new conversation in technology. Well, what is that company that Amazon owns now? The the door cam one. What don't they own? What Nest Ring, or something like right? that? Yeah, Nest. Oh, Ring, Ring. Oh, Ring, yeah, Ring. Ring. Yeah. Nest um, is Google's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you use if you have a <laughs> Ring doorbell, uh, your that information can be acquired and used by law enforcement for whatever reason they choose. That's the kind of crap I don't like. I don't like that. Well, that is just way too much. People will have to decide if the group collective safety net that these uh, devices um, guarantee is worth giving up a privacy factor. I think that's the same choice they made in uh, Europe with um, all the CCTVs years ago. You remember that whole big kerfuffle where people eventually just got used to it, where you just you were going to be filmed all the time. But um, Ben, to your point, you talked about Ancestry.com. You know, there was that quadruple murder in Idaho last month or whatever. And they caught the guy by because his parents had used Ancestry.com or something. You know, they tracked him down with DNA. Um, but there was that also that other story. I don't know if you saw it, the horrible story about that guy, the black guy who got arrested for committing a crime that he wasn't even anywhere near it because of facial recognition. Like this stuff's going to happen. I just hope by the time the robots take over and we don't have any control <laughs> that it's a little more accurate because well, that's you know, uh, you know, Ancestry is owned by uh, BlackRock, right? Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I it's very know. interesting. So I, I, I don't know where all that ends, but I do know that I actually have to step away. And I'm so sorry for doing this in the middle of, you know, of recording this. Sure. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. Good and question. I get to learn the ending later because I get to listen to this later and see how you and Herman wrap this up. Quick question before you go. Final thoughts, Ben. Yeah. Uh, wackiest, craziest gadget that you saw that caught your eye. I know you mentioned the baby stroller before. Which Lux is Kind anywhere. Intelligent Baby Stroller. G-L-U-X Kind Intelligent Baby Stroller. The cowards didn't <laughs> even let the baby stay in the self-driving stroller. It will only self-drive when the baby is out of it. And that's a missed opportunity. I feel like babies need more mobility. <laughs> well, I will take your baby stroller and I will up you the Q-Bear AI baby crying translator that translates the baby's cries into what the baby wants. <laughs> hmm. I, I wonder how accurate it is and, and how many babies they had to let cry. And you thought CES was boring. So there we go. It, it, it's really baby. not, which is why I want to say thank you so much to Pop Czar and course. Herman in particular, because Herman, you like I know it's a lot of walking, but I really do appreciate you going every year. That's that's really cool of you. And I'll we'll, do what I can until I can tolerate it no longer. Guys, right. good job out there. Good job, Pop Czar. Have a good one. Catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, Ben. Real quick, I will say this. The stupidest gadget that I saw, the stupidest one, was the eConnect bike desk. Did you see this thing? No, but I have I have a stupid <laughs> one of my own that uh, you recommended to me actually, and I and I thought it was pretty absurd. Just imagine. Let's, let's go just with imagine you. a standing desk with an exercise bike. <laughs> huh. To it. You know, I, I thought Acer. I thought someone in the co like lockdown during COVID would have thought of that already. You know, there was a there was a new episode of Red Letter Media, I think, from last week or so. And they were making fun of collectible products, and I'm not oh, gonna. Oh yeah, you're like, talking like, about the uh, you're talking about the Nuki. Yeah, um, the Nuki one. Um, but in there, they showed this video of this woman like sitting at a desk, like it's so easy, and she's shaking it as she's trying to work. And that's exactly what I thought about when I saw the eConnect, the eConnect bike. I'm sorry, but try working while you're exercising. It doesn't work.
they they keep trying though. What, they first try. was the bouncing ball thing, and now mm-hmm. it's this. Because there are other variants between, between money. that and the bouncing ball, but the exercise ball. But yeah. So we can get into some of them. So what's the what's the wackiest, dumbest, funniest thing you saw? The dumbest thing I saw was uh, mm-hmm. the block. B L O K. Oh yeah. Smart, I put that on my list. Smart cutting board. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. And it's absurd. It's basically uh, a it's basically a cutting board with a detachable it screen. It gets worse though. It gets it gets more absurd the more details you know about it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can record yourself cooking and looking watch at videos. You watch videos of uh how to do the ingredients and whatnot. Oh, the best but part though. The best biggest, part. Well, well, maybe I should let you explain it, but no, yeah, no. I, but I think I think the best part, at least for me, maybe you, is the price of this thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. It's a uh, eight hundred bucks plus a forty dollar a month subscription to a smart cutting board. Yeah, it doesn't get any more absurd than that. I don't know why it has to be eight hundred dollars. Include it like excluding the monthly subscription fee, but I mean, well, you, you, have, could, you could pretty much do the same thing if you just took an iPad or an Android tablet and put it right in well, front of you while you're cutting. I gotta tell you something tablet. though, I, I can see the appeal. Uh, years and years ago, in another lifetime, there was a game for the Nintendo DS. Do you remember this? It was called Personal Trainer Cooking, yeah. And remember that, and I was a huge fan of this. This was before the iPhone came out, so this was a long time ago. And it was a, I want to say game, but it's not a game. But, you know, you, you position the DS in your kitchen, and it taught you how to cook, and you could talk to the DS. It did it registered voice commands, yeah. and it would show you how to do things. It would show you videos. And this is back in, what, 2006, 2007? That's pretty revolutionary, even back then. And so I can see, like, like why people would want something like this. But um, the price Perhaps. is absurd. The price is absurd. Yeah, the price just kills any it sort kills, of uh, interest for me. There was another one, though. There was uh, the VersaWare smart cutting board. Um, I didn't which, see that one. Yeah, no one talked about it because it wasn't as absurd, but it's not going to cost as much. didn't say, but it's just – it's a drastically reduced version of the block. But, uh, yeah, a smart cutting board. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. If we're talking about – out of this world stuff that's actually cool that you'd mm. actually want to see. Uh, we gotta at least for me, I gotta take it back to TVs and talk about briefly talk about the LG uh, OLED T. T stands for transparent. Transparent. So, as 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 you can probably guess, it's a transparent OLED screen that yeah you can see through when the T when the monitor is off or when there's certain scenes. You know it's. It's aesthetically They've pleasing. You've seen that though. Like again, you see that in a lot of sci-fi movies where the, yeah. the displays are transparent, right? But it's actually but, real, so at least to an extent. They actually brought it. They actually put it on the show floor. You could stick your hand behind it, and yeah, you could see your hand if there isn't like if there isn't like a actual scene going on. So what it's supposed to do, aside from making making the living room look, look less cluttered, is there's there's that wow factor too. It'll happen. It'll it'll happen eventually. It won't happen this year. It's still in the prototype phase. But if it did, it's probably going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, that's usually what you pay for the future. Future ain't free. Let's 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 uh, close out the show with the best part, which is the the weird stuff. The gasmos gasmos. Is it gasmo? 
Yeah. Gizmos, gadgets, all that strange stuff that I don't think I would ever buy, but I enjoy looking at it. Yeah. So uh, we've already mentioned your 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 analysis. We've mentioned uh, baby strollers. By the way, that baby translator thing, the first thing I thought of was that Simpsons episode with um, Danny DeVito where he played uh, Homer's brother, where he invented the baby translator. Oh, remember, yeah, I remember, remember that, that episode. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, dear me, I've soiled myself. But uh, no, it could work. But um, let's talk about gadgets. So we talk about the dumbest stuff. I'm just going to I'm going to run through a couple ones. You tell me what you think. Uh, they had the nose metal motion pillow. It's a motion pillow. Plays songs. Helps you go to sleep. Uh, so it, it massages. You know, that's like two steps away from being a sex toy, which which we haven't discussed. Uh, normally with CES, there's always like a big sex toy thing, but I didn't really see a lot this year. So we don't really have to focus on that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Bird Buddy Smart Bird Feeder. Like, let's take a piece of tech and put it outside for birds. Like no mm. offense, your birds don't need high tech stuff. They're birds, they will find the food. Well, they, it's not, I don't think it really is for the birds. I mean, they say it is, but <laughs> it's really just for the owners. Uh, it's for you. Entertainment. It's yeah. for you. Uh, the let's see now. Here's the craziest. Here's the craziest one. It almost made my dumbest one, but it almost makes sense. The Aroma Join Aroma Player that adds smells to videos. Did you see this? No. Um, I <laughs> I've seen things similar to that, but not that product in particular. They used to do that with movies, like um, in certain old movies, they would give you like scratch and sniff. Yeah. And it would tell you to watch. Like I I. I never saw the appeal of smelling a movie, but who knows? Maybe it's an inclusive thing. Maybe, yeah. Uh, speaking of inclusive, uh, a really big product that got a lot of attention was L'Oreal had a couple products. Did you see this? They had uh, the makeup company. The yeah, the company. Hapta in yeah, Brown the Hapta Magic. Yeah. In the Brown. What do you think about that? I mean, that's this would technically follow uh, – this would definitely go under the uh, inclusiveness thing. What do you think? You know – <laughs> I can see this appealing to the opposite sex mainly and uh and anyone who who aligns themselves as such. But yeah, it's you know <laughs> it's it's really it's it's hard to tell. I mean well, how huge, much it's a huge business though. It like, is. It's it's a billion dollar business. It's it's well billions. over a billion dollars. Yeah, billions. So I can kind of see the appeal there, but for me, nah. Uh, I guess it. I guess it's gonna give you suggestions on. Uh, it helps. What, uh, um, what type I, of makeup you should use? I think the brow magic is that, but I think the uh, the hapta is for people with mobility issues that helps them get fancied up. Yeah, so, I mean that's that's fine. I mean I think that's 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 certainly a lot more wholesome than sex toys. So I'll I'll take it. Hey man, you're the only one talking about sex toys here. Well, I don't know why that is. <laughs> oh, for like, it. I mean, there's been so many cases. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, yeah, I, I put the Equinox 2 telescope on here, but I don't know much about it. I saw it briefly mentioned, but for somebody, that's something they've been waiting for. And to be honest with you, that's, you know, the, if you're an astronomer, it's probably something I want to look into. Um, let's see. Now, uh, I think one uh, one that comes to mind is the Dyson Zone, the air purifying noise cancer. That, that got a lot of attention before the show, but it got like no attention during the show. Thank goodness, because... What was it? I, I put some notes here. It's an air purifier. It's noise canceling headphones, and uh, you make calls, listen to music, and get filtered personal air. 
I can kind of see the appeal. I mean, putting putting headphones, you know, on your head and you got to breathe and stuff like that. And there's still there's still COVID fear uh, among some of the population. So, you know, what I, I can see that I can see that uh, selling at least in the premium space. Do you remember Spaceballs, the movie? And yeah. when they had uh, Mel Brooks play Scrooge and he opens his desk and there's cans of air, purified air. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, just just sniffing the air. Well, that's hand. that's not really fiction. There there are there are companies that actually do. Uh, yeah. You know, they produce bottled air. And you're paying, I think, 50, 60 bucks for a small bottle. That's, so that's uh, not that's not really that's not really science fiction or fiction. Not for a while now. It was supposed to be comedy, and now it's reality. Yeah. Well, you know, fiction became uh, became <laughs> nonfiction. But yeah, that's interesting to me. Uh, I mean, for audiophiles who like who like a clean environment, I can see that selling. I, w- I wonder because I remember Razor. Uh, speaking of Razor, Razor had their own little mask last year with the RGB lights, but I don't know if anything really ever came of that. Uh, no, it didn't. It was Razor. Razor makes more concepts <laughs> than <laughs> any than any like mainstream gaming peripheral company I know. Well, I think I they just... just have lots of money to burn because they sell their stuff at such a high premium. I'll tell you what, though, um, there was almost no talk of, like, self-purification stuff. There was, like, you know, you'd think that two years after COVID, or, you know, just in general with germs and flus and everything, there'd be something more. But, like, I was actually shocked at how little of that stuff that was there this year. You know what I mean? Like, like purifiers and everything. That was almost yeah. nothing. Yeah, it just sort of fell off. Um, yeah. Like, nobody seemed to want it. I, uh, <laughs> I, like, think I think the majority of people is. are just tired of living like that. I well, mean, I, I'm more sinister than you are. I actually think that companies anticipated that there would be some long term requirement to have this crap. Right. Yeah. And when that turned out not to be the case, they dropped it like a hot potato. Like, oh, people don't have to wear the masks. Screw it. We're not going to make it. So, like, who would choose? But you're right. I think there's going to be a market for this Dyson zone. Um, and I think that market is going to be very proficient on social media and let you know who they are. But yeah. But going back to the wacky stuff, uh, um, I like the the German Bionic, the the exosuit. I'm always a big fan of exosuits, and I thought I saw some of the um, the videos of that. I thought that was cool. Um, I don't. I didn't get the name of they. A lot of buzz was coming out about those. Um, Rollerblades? Have you seen that? Like the rollerblades that make you walk faster, or the like the roller skate shoes? Um, they look stupid, but <laughs> they were wacky. They well, a lot of stuff. I think I saw something like that during Showstoppers. I they were just roaming around on that, <laughs> but I didn't get a I didn't get a clear look at them. They were just rolling around so fast. They also had yeah the exo the exoskeleton for the legs, the exosuit. Yeah, that, that was sense. there too. There were there were a few companies that had their own version of it, well, but yeah, that goes back to the uh, mobility thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the buzzwords, one of the key buzzwords. If it's not for EVs, it's definitely for uh, disabled, um, you know, people and them, you know, getting around and stuff. So, you know, you remember, um, you remember that anime from the guy who made who made Akira? Was it what's what's his name? The you know what I'm talking about? 
I know who, I know of who you're talking about, but he made he made this other anime back in the early '90s that I think it was called Rojin Z, and it was about the old guy that was in the nursing home, and it was on this new robot bed. But then he found a way to hack the bed or something, and he turned the bed into a robot suit and went on a rampage. So. Oh yeah. Um, what's that anime? He went to go see his dead wife, like to <laughs> went to a grave or something like that. Yeah, that's. that's I think that's what I think that's what you're talking about. That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have like a, a smart nursing home bed, and someone's gonna hack it, and they're gonna become a terrorist. But yeah, go back. Go back to the crazy stuff. Um, my list is done. Um, I have one more. It's called the one device I liked was called the Reenacle Prime, the smart com- composter. Did you see this? Um, it's uh, you can you can use a smart composter to help recycle 90% of your food waste and turn it into fertilizer. And uh, I thought that was interesting because a bunch of states are starting to let you compost people. Yeah, so I, uh, it's Cal- only a matter of time. California is one of them. They're the main one. Yeah, but you have there's, to bring there's it a bit of uproar about that, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm not against it. I mean, better than you can't bury bodies forever. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I your garden just got a. <laughs> I was gonna suggest why not? How come someone hasn't made like a a compost company where they actually, uh, you know, buy you know people that have passed on and they do. Well, know. I don't buy the people, but they there's companies in California that you have. Again, they're licensed. You bring the body there, and they return like an 80-bag pound of soil. But, I mean, that would be a cash cow if someone actually figured out a way to, like, you know, give the bereaved family a check for recycling their, their loved ones that have passed on. Oh, I think, I think I think a lot more people would be receptive to that if, uh, there, was a, if there was money involved, yeah. yeah. I don't know, something like $50,000, 30000 bucks. Well, I think you'd have to do it with government subsidies. I think you'd have to, like – like the way, like speaking of tech, like if you remember those stickers that were basically a scam that it, this this TV is certified energy efficient. Yeah, they still do that. They still do that. Yeah. And um, but you know what I mean? And then you have Echo Mode, which makes it look like crap. But like you should be able to get like an insurance policy where you can sell yourself or sell your dead relative and get money back or claim it on your taxes. Yeah, um, that'd probably be uh, like probably add that to a life insurance policy. It's coming. Or it'd be like, it'd be like an extra like few tens thousands of dollars that that way you know <laughs> you can still have you could still have the funeral but instead of a casket it would be like a potted plant of you well you know? i'd say and this is getting this is getting morbid but you know cremate part of the body you know like the heart or something and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, then you'd still have then you'd still have a part of the person to you know bury or we, that's spread their do. ashes across well, that's what you do, like with cremation, it leaves like particles of the bone and everything. But yeah, um, that well, that's what I mean. Like specifically, give the bereaved family a part, a body part, or something. Where it they will happen. Spread their ashes, and it, you know they can they can compost the rest for for some money. And you know, I, I think more families would be open to that if there was a. It's not morbid, though. I mean, involved. it's it's really not morbid. It's actually practical. But um. Yeah, but okay. you know, there there are some people. And I'm, I'm not I'm not on one side or the other, but there's probably some some moral or religious uh, uh, objection to that. Of course. But um, but getting, getting away from composting your relatives, which is the dream. Um, final things. Um, like I said, I know you like smart appliances. Um, I saw the smart mixers. 
I saw the food keepers. I saw a, I saw you know the usual refrigerators with speakers. I saw like you said, Samsung had the had the wall ovens and the refrigerators with screens and everything, all that usual stuff. Yeah, LG had their own version of that too, but it was more mood lighting. What was it called? Uh, mood up. That's what it's called. Yeah. Mood up. I did see that. It's um in terms those are probably my more the ones that I think are you know more. I think I saw a Christmas. Was there a Christmas tree that had a display on it where you could put movies on your Christmas tree? I don't know. Oh, it's, there's probably a bunch of stuff like that. But in particular, like the uh, the smart fridges where they're adding mood lighting. I mm-hmm. thought that was odd because don't get a it. refrigerator is just a place to store your food and keep it as fresh as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. Now they're trying to jazz it up and, you know, make it make it a party centerpiece, which uh, – I much, really don't get how much. T- how many parties are you have in the kitchen? You know, that, but that was my main question. Why are they doing <laughs> this? And how much does it cost? Because Samsung and LG tend to be at the top if we're talking about uh, smart tech integration with appliances. But you remember that Chris Rock joke when Chris Rock was joking about rims? Yeah. Like this spinning, this spinning. Like that's that's the home version is RGB lights. It's like, oh, it's lit up. It's like everything they everything wants to be a Christmas tree in your house. You want to have blinky lights on everything. Your TV needs blinky lights. Your PC needs blinky lights. You know, your air purifier needs blinky lights. Your your fridge needs blinky lights. Like everything is gonna look like a disco. And it's just it's for somebody. I, I think it's more along the lines of we've we've exhausted we've exhausted how practical a fridge can be now, but we still have to sell appliances. I how, think, can we, how can we get consumers to spend to spend more money on, on the same type of types? Of I still, Herman, I told you before, I've said it before. Every product you put in your fridge for the most part has an RFID number or UPC label, whatever. Like, yeah, but, about, like I just wish there was a fridge that cataloged what you had and displayed what you had and, I don't know. Like, there's there's things we could be doing to make the fridge a better experience. Well, display, display what you have as in because it because LG has that smart window thing mm-hmm. where it actually where if it's in that if it's in that window it can actually display its freshness level. Yeah. they've had that for a few years on their smart fridges. Well, that, uh, uh, now we have things with near field communications. I don't know how that exactly like. You got to walk up to the fridge anyway to get the thing. Why do you need well, <laughs> Why do you well need that, NFC on your fridge or your well washer that, um, and dryer? That Caltech food food I'm sorry, Caltech Fresh Food Keeper I told you about. It uses like photocatalysis or whatever it's called to to keep your food fresh. I can't tell you how many bananas I've ruined or how many green beans that go soft in my fridge cuz my fridge is dumb as dirt. Like it just it has no protection and it's it feels like you know, the fridge is the fridge is like a staple of your home. You well, need it. The argument the argument between smart and dumb fridges is do you want the smart fridge which has all this technology but won't be nearly as reliable as a dumb fridge which actually it sticks to the basics of refrigeration oh. and and freezing? I just don't see the smart fridge I mean, technology. Like you're making you're making a trade off with, with smart fridges. You're trading well, reliability for for technology and all this uh, smart monitoring stuff, right? Yeah. But with a regular fridge, it's not going to have all that, but it's probably going to last. Yeah. Probably forever. three to four times as long longer than than a smart fridge ever could. I know. Due, I, due I, to the parts and complexity and the build quality. 
did you um did you ever watch Silicon Valley? Like the, one of the last seasons when they when they had to hack all those smart fridges to save the day. Yeah, but well, I, I haven't watched the later <laughs> seasons, but uh, I can see where you're going with that. But um, I don't know. Like I said, I we're we're now we're talking about speculative stuff, and yeah. that's the fun part. That's the fun part of CES, and I think that's probably a good time to wrap it up. Like, okay. and that's what CES is all about, though. Like, you see all this weird, wacky stuff, and you're like, okay, 99% of it's never going to come out, but you're thinking, right? It's fun. It's yeah. it's like World of Tomorrow stuff, and I mean, I know Ben said it was a little boring, and I agree, maybe not the most exciting, but there's always stuff to see. You know, yeah. there's always fun stuff to see, and I think. Um, before we head out, any final thoughts that you want people to know about CES 2023? Um, as I said in the beginning, uh, uh, CES 2023 was a correction in terms of uh, audience and uh, technology on display. I think I think the emphasis going moving forward for next years and oncoming years is going to be more digital, mm-hmm. where people where people you know, who don't want to be there, but they still want to get, you know, the basic information. So I suspect that, uh, like the audience in terms of like on-site audience, I think this is probably going to be the norm for a while in terms of attendance numbers. Cause it was, it was a lot easier moving back and forth in terms of travel. There wasn't that's as good. much, it wasn't as many jams and whatnot. So that's, that's good, something though, to right? take into account. Well, you like it that. can be, it can, well, if you're if you've been there, if you're seasoned, you've been you've been a veteran there. That's good because you can theoretically get more done. But that's also a negative because there are, there might be a lot of companies that don't see the value in actually being there in person now due to the diminished uh, attendance numbers. Yeah, well, there's there are trade offs to be had there. Well, we've seen what happens with other like industry shows that try too hard to be non-industry yeah. and it, it almost never ends well. So we'll see. I mean, CES, I mean, as long as it remains like delightfully dorky, but moderately accessible to the mainstream, then I think it's got a good combination. But I think if it tries to become too consumer friendly, which is not the point of it at all, that it becomes um, it, it, it will suffer. And hopefully it will not suffer because it's a fun show. I mean, yeah. for all the problems, I mean, you enjoy going for the most part. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, people like seeing you there, too. Yeah, so. because a lot of the a lot of the regular tech that I expected uh, was replaced with, uh, you know, just software. Software are innovative, uh, more innovative concepts that uh, may or may not see the light of day more more so than previous years, in my opinion. So you would say more evolution, less revolution this year. Yeah, but let's be honest, we probably say that on <laughs> almost all the almost all the CES years. So that's true. It's it's I a mean, different type of evolution. That's it's, good. Yeah. At least it's there. Like I said, at least they're not selling tickets and clown shows. And I I can that's something to be said. Thank God. And with that, you've been listening to the Pop Zara podcast. We've been talking about CES 2023. I want to thank special guests, our own senior tech editor, Mr. Herman Exum. Herman, thank you. You're welcome. And thanks to the departed, no longer here. Well, he's still here with us, like, physically. He's just not here on the show. Uh, Computer America's Ben Crossman, who had to, unfortunately, run and be a a hero in his own own world. Well, we had him, so it's good. Yeah, Ben's always fun. And I'll be on it. I'm a frequent guest on his. And Herman, you've been over there, too. It's always fun with the Crossmans and Computer America. 
And with that, uh, everybody, hope you had a good, safe, happy new year. And 2023 is going to be the year. Then you succeed. That's what's going to happen. Just tell yourself that you're going to succeed. And with that, we will see everybody next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.